0: Lord, we're continuing in that series, the marriage series. We're going to dive right in this week. I was reading a a book about uh, about the church and our love for the church, and um, the author gave kind of this fun illustration in the exercise of love and uh, the topic today is going to be an exercise of communication between a husband and a wife and it's a challenging thing the most challenging thing to communicate um, between these two species the the species of woman and the species of man and the different languages that they speak and so I'm going to talk about that this morning and try and give you some tips on how to interpret and and understand, and it's a lifelong, I see, I see heads shaking, this lifelong challenge of, of crossing that communication barrier. But the author here um, writes, in eight years, uh, uh, the author's talking about the um, the setup is the, uh, the kind of a little time hump. Seven years and eight years is a time hump for uh, a couple to... Um, Uh, a lot of divorces take place after year seven and he postulates that the reason that is is because prior to year seven you you are still making effort to put your spouse into that framework that you thought they were when you dated and when you were um, courting and when you were getting ready to get married and then you get married and you still have that fantasy idea about how they should be in those first seven years you're working really hard to make them into the person that you thought they were but now you're realizing after seven years that they're different than what you thought they were you had in mind actually what you had in mind was what you wanted and so you've spent the last seven years trying to get them to be what you wanted and it's starting to sink in on you that that wasn't exactly what happened now listen In a lot of the things that I'm gonna say, you're gonna say, well, that's not me. Well, he's that's that's wrong. That's not me. That's fine. You you be you, that's awesome. And if you found that perfect person, you were like you were like a puzzle piece, and they were like this perfect puzzle piece that fit right in, and it's been bliss from the day you said I do god bless you one percent you're awesome praise god that's awesome and you are you are you and you're wonderful and yeah pastor and Kristen are nodding their heads and you're full of baloney and so (laughs) so anyway then he says at year eight he says we have two choices the decision to get to know this strange person whom we don't understand with a childlike curiosity so that intimacy can be achieved Or the decision to divorce this person we don't know because we are no longer married to the fantasy that never existed in the first place my wife and i are in year eight and we've decided that divorce isn't an option murder is too risky and all that's left is to find out who in god's green earth i am married to i'm trying to figure this jasmine girl out all over again i've researched i've paid attention i've watched and and right now i'm paying attention to the things that she likes and hates because i'm in a relationship with this jasmine so it's important to know the experts say i'm supposed to find out what she likes and loves by doing the things that she likes but that's hard because instinctually i want to love her the way i want to be loved let me say that again instinctually i want to love her the way i want to be loved and this is this is the, the experiment, okay? Take the case of avocado toast, for instance. Jasmine is Australian, and Australians are obsessed with avocado toast. They'll pay $26 for avocado toast, which is an entree, a main event on their menus. It's insanity. He says, I'm a Canadian. In Canada, toast is essentially garbage. <laughs> In Canada, you go to a grungy diner for breakfast, not some hoity-toity, yuppie cafe, and us Canadians order the big breakfast. Eggs, bacon, sausage links, back bacon, mushrooms, and maybe some beans. And you eat all that good stuff, and then you wipe your face with the toast and throw it on the ground, because toast (laughs) is trash. (laughs) or if for some horrible reason you're still hungry and you've run out of food to eat you begrudgingly put jam from that little packet on the toast in order to mask the taste of the toast and you eat it reluctantly (laughs) i would never think of loving my wife by giving her out of avocado toast for breakfast but that is what she loves and i love her and i want to show her that i see her and hear her and watch her and i want to show her that i'm present in our relationship and that my heart is in this thing that we have. And so I'm paying attention and learning things I don't know about avocado toast because this is Jasmine's preference. It's not just regular toast that she likes. She likes sourdough toast and thick cut, if they have it. When I make a Trader Joe's run, I go, to the, I go get the right loaf. And I've learned how to pick an avocado. If I press my thumb in too far, it's too ripe. If my thumb doesn't go in where I press it, it's not ripe at all. It's got to be just right. And we have to have the best olive oil to drizzle over the top. It's got to be a high-quality producer Italian brand in a tiny, cute little bottle, not some huge store-brand bottle. With, with, uh, 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 and, the, and the salt that I get has to be a fancy kind that you grind up, not cheap table salt i'm paying attention to her preferences i may not understand them but i don't need to i have to overcome the reality that people have preferences and we shouldn't begrudge them their personal preferences and so this can be transferred to all of those details that you encounter with the one that you decided to say I do to and say that I love. And, and, and also in the book, what he, he's setting up, he's setting up a, um, a platform where he then spends several chapters talking about our love for God and how this same kind of effort needs to be put into pursuing God and finding out what God likes. In fact, we live in a day where whatever you decide is is what you want to do and it's all right with God, and that's not true. Now, whatever you decide is not all right with God. And so you got to find out what God prefers and what God wants. And so this is what we're going to... Uh, we're not that, That's not going to be our main topic, but I'm going to come back to it at the end. But our main topic today is how to find out and establish that connection that heart connection with the one that you've that you've committed your life to, that you've said I do to, but also maybe, maybe many of you are single. Someone in the future that you may say I do to. You may be waiting for the one who is that one percent who dovetails together with you and opinion and idea and likes and dislikes. And God bless you. You know, wait. Go ahead and wait and believe God, and that's all right. But um, there may be a point in time where you have to. Uh, embrace the fact that you're going to find someone that that doesn't check all the boxes but that you find yourself in love with and find yourself someone you want to commit yourself to and then you'll engage what i'm going to talk about here as we continue so slide number one ephesians chapter 5 verse 33 says an interesting thing paul is writing uh, to believers and he says nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respect her husband so he's talking to husbands and wives nevertheless let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband as as I uh, as I continue to study the scriptures and I've been studying the scriptures um with different levels of ability since I was 16 years old. That's when I got saved and I've been pursuing the Lord since then. I'm 60, what am I now, Deb? (laughs) 67? I'm 67. And so 16 from 67 is how many years I've been doing that, okay? And (laughs) I've been studying math during that time. (laughs) So what I'm learning more and more is that God is very precise in his language in scripture. And I'm learning it in some wonderful discovery ways. And here in the scripture that you see behind me, and I'm looking at at the back of the wall, um, he said, Paul does an interesting thing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He gives two different words of our expression toward our spouse. He says, husbands, love your wives and see that the wife respects her husband. And I've come to believe and come to embrace that God means exactly what he says there, that, that I'll just use love in a generic term, that love or connection, I'll say connection, I'll use the word connection. Connection is achieved as we, as men, and as you as women begin to master what the other needs. And I see here that a wife needs love for connection, and I see here that a husband needs respect for connection. Now I get it all the time when I engage in this conversation. Um, women say, "Well, women need respect too," and that's not right to say. Yes, women need respect, and and men need love. Okay, but but there's a different communication that goes on, and it, it'll unfold as we um, it'll unfold as we continue. And I turned four pages over to my conclusion. I wonder if that's something God's wanting to say to me right now. Okay, slide number two says, wife equals love and husband equals respect. Um, Women desire most to be loved and men desire most to be respected. And I'll unpack that now. Survey results from research for the book, For Women Only, um, did some research. Hundreds of men were asked which negative experience They'd prefer if they were forced to choose. Which of these two? The first one is to feel alone and unloved in the world. Would you rather feel alone and unloved in the world? Or would you rather feel inadequate and disrespected by everyone? Let me say that again. Would you rather feel alone and unloved in the world? Or would you rather feel inadequate and disrespected by everyone? 74% of the men asked, Said they'd rather be alone and unloved than disrespected. 74%. For men, respect feels like love. Now, the reason that I led off with that and this adjustment toward thinking toward men is because I don't know what your experience is, but my experience since um, I got married and been in the church all of these years. Uh, i remember early on when deb and i were first married and in the church there was a proliferation of how to teach men how to love their wives and rightfully so because men are kind of thick skulled and hard to teach and so we need a lot of instruction and so how to love your wife thank you for that amen over there sounded like a (laughs) feminine voice but that's all right um so we've been given this we've been given um and i'm gonna talk about love languages in a minute but we've been given love languages and we've been we've been told that we need to listen better and we need to engage in conversation and we need to oh man i'm getting exhausted just talking about it and so for all these years deb and i have been married for 48 years i got that one right didn't i 48 we're gonna be 49 a long 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 time And for most of those years we've been receiving I've been receiving instruction on how to better love my wife by the Christian world and by my wife so I've been uh, there's been a proliferation but only only in recent years has there been a, a little poke into the information Christian information field about how wives should love their husbands or show love or make that connection with their husbands and so this is this is why I lead with that, assuming that, that men not have heard enough, but certainly um, certainly, uh, both of those pieces of information are important. So today we're going to look at communi- communicating value to our spouse. And, and by the way... If you're not married, this still is under the heading of Interpersonal Relationship 101, okay? These are things that you can put into play and put into practice. So next slide, slide number three says, Husbands, um, love your wives. And so um, um, put, up, put up slide number four, you do, um, love. Okay, so in the practice of love, husbands loving your wives, we've been told by Gary Chapman, this has been around for probably 30 years, um, the five love languages: words of affirmation. I, I printed off a little chart so I could give a quick explanation of those. Words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Now, <clears throat> husbands, to love your wives, this isn't this isn't the list. Okay, this is a list, and this is very helpful. Okay. To find out the list, you have to talk to your wife because she'll give you the adjustments on it and she'll even add things to it and probably many things. Probably the list will be way longer. But she's the one you need. I'm going to say this many times. She's the one you need to be concerned with. Her list is the one you need to focus on and understand. It might be a three-item list and, and, and it might be totally different from this. But let me explain what these are because these are good things, Definitely a good starting point so words of affirmation how to communicate it encourage affirm appreciate empathize and listen actively some actions to take send an unexpected note text or card generally encourage and often the second one quality time this is defined as uninterrupted and focused conversation one-on-one time is critical you create special moments together take walks do small things with your partner weekend getaways are huge number three is receiving gifts thoughtfulness makes your spouse a priority speak purposefully give thoughtful gifts and gestures gestures small things matter in a big way express gratitude when receiving a gift number four is acts of service use action phrases like i'll help they want to know you're with them partnered with them do chores together make them breakfast in bed go out of your way to help alleviate their daily workload and number five physical touch nonverbal. use body language and touch to express love hug kiss hold hands show physical affection often make intimacy a thoughtful priority those are definitions and items and ladies uh, wives maybe you maybe maybe you picked out one, or maybe you've talked about it already, and you've identified to yourself and to your mate um, these are my love languages and and then find that you have to continually remind him of what those are because he keeps loving you in a way that he's comfortable with in a way that's easy for him in a way that flows from him maybe in a way that he wants to be loved and so you just remind him that these are the way maybe you're like my wife and you have all five so then that actually makes it easier for you because you do any of the five and you'll show love so that'll be cool um the next slide, respect for your husband, looks a lot like the slide for the wife, <laughs> only they—they they, uh, these things, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, physical touch, again, just a serving up of a suggestion of categories, and to find out which ones really speak to your husband. You have to ask your husband. And this is a thing, ladies, you have no trouble asking your husband. You want to ask him, and you want to ask him, and you want to ask him, and ask him again. And you want many, many, many copious words from him, explaining, describing, and saying it again, and that's awesome. Except, hear this, he doesn't have as many words as you. I got man amens there, that's good. Uh, Wife, you've got 10,000 a day. And he's got about in the neighborhood of 320, okay? (laughs) You wonder why at night when you've been busy and you've all day and you've had a lot to do and... And things just, you're going in many directions. You're super mom and super woman and working and taking care of the house. And you just can't wait to get to bed and lay down and then just interact with your husband. And you're only 10 words into the 5,000 you have left and you hear him snoring. And that's never a good thing, never a good thing. And so there needs to be some strategy and figuring out work there. But again, the same thing goes for wives towards your husbands you have to find out what it is that communicates in his dialect, in his ears, what communicates connection. And, and more, and those things are going to be things that communicate respect. And I know Deb and I, as we've walked in this and discovered this, um, that, that it isn't a thing where you can say, well, do this, this, and this. Well, just like you, do this, this, and this, and, and that will be love. And um, so she says, touch. If you would just touch me more, if you would, if you would just be um, more aware of that, holding hands and touch and, and sensitive touch. And so, yeah, I can touch. And so she's there on the couch next to me, and I go, touch, 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 touch. <laughs> Touch, touch. I'm going to address this aspect of it in a minute. Touch. 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 And she looks at me and she rolls her eyes and she says, "You're you're such a jerk," and and um, you know, or words of affirmation. I just don't hear enough from you about how much you love me and how much you're doing good. And this this goes to something that happened early in our marriage. I didn't grow up in a in a family that. That um, used the phrases "darling" or "sweetheart" or "honey," any of those. Um, I I don't know if I don't know if that's a Southern thing, a Midwest thing. I don't know if it's just particular to my family, but she says, you know, I would just love it if you would express those things to me with those words. If you'd you know call me "honey" once in a while or "darling" or things like that. And I heard it a lot, and it just it just wasn't something that was. There and that grew and that was easy to use. And so I decided that I would try. And so I engaged uh, or I inserted honeys and darlings into my phrases. And every time I would, I would laugh (laughs) because it was uncomfortable. I would say, okay, darling. (laughs) And from the start it was not touching where she needed to be touched i don't know why because i was doing the words and and she said just forget it just forget it just don't do that i said no i am gonna do it until i can do it without laughing and so now i can do it i can call her darling and honey and i do and so now it's part of my so there's there's two different things you know there is such a and, 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 and let me tell you the difference of between the good kind of that and the not good kind of that the not good kind of that is that you're doing it just to get her to be quiet yeah. touch 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 yeah. darling honey sweetheart just stop bugging me okay that, what I'm going to call that is that my heart's not in it. My heart's not in it. I'm not trying to make connection there. I'm just trying to get her off my back. There's no connection in that. But if you're doing it to engage and to change your behavior and change your attitude toward those things because that's what your wife wants, then your heart is in it. Does that make sense to you? Even though I say it and I'm laughing, I'm going to say it until I'm not laughing anymore. And that means that that's an indication that your heart's in it. So what I'm telling you is that there's value in practice. There's value in making an effort to change even before your heart changes. And the fact that you're putting effort into it shows that your heart is in it. Does that make sense? Good. You're really focusing and and trying to understand and so that's why it's so quiet i know but that makes sense to me so i'll leave that out there with you okay so so um the hard part so some of the things that you can't say and can't do is um you can't not try you can't just forget it i mean in any marriage however long you've been married just say, forget it. It's just not going to get better. I give up. You can't do that. You can't, why have a horrible marriage when you can have a good marriage and the good marriage isn't going to come out of a horrible marriage just by hanging in there and doing the same things. You can hang in there with that marriage and make it a great marriage if you start investing in each other. So the first thing is that you've got to try. You've got to make effort. The second thing is that you won't know how you're doing, you won't know how you're doing by your own opinion. You won't know how you're doing by your own opinion. Good intentions don't guarantee success. Good intentions don't guarantee connection here's why because ladies wives it's not going good and so you're going to make it go good and so you just what are you doing i'm working on our marriage husbands You're not going to learn how to do it good or how to do it right by saying things like, well, that's not what I meant when I said that stupid thing that I said. That's not what I meant. That's how you think. And you, going by your own opinion, isn't going to get you off the mark. You need someone else's opinion. You know whose opinion you need? The one you're trying to make a connection with. pastor you don't understand I know what her opinion is I don't have to ask her <laughs> she tells me and she tells me and she tells me yeah but you're not engaged in that you're just letting it bounce off you I mean a connection isn't being made there because she's speaking what are those women warriors called Amazon, Amazon. she's speaking Amazon And you speak some other warrior man language, Viking. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Keith. Two different languages, Amazon woman and Viking man. And and you're not learning each other's language. And you're not finding a way to communicate and and make that connection. Because if connection is the goal, a way can be found. You have to ask your partner. How am I doing? Am I loving you well? Am I making a connection with you in the things that I'm doing? Here, here's one that, that in my early marriage was always a thought in my head because I was I was loving Manway and she wasn't, she wasn't hearing my love. She wasn't hearing my love. <clears throat> I'm, I'm a worker. I work and providing for my family always registered high with me as this is how I'm loving you now don't get me wrong my wife appreciates that i provided for our family but providing for our family wasn't in the list of love languages and so why don't you why don't we go out more why don't you give me gifts why don't you know any one of those things that your wife might mention you go, what's the deal? I work my butt off. Anybody ever said that? Don't say amen or raise your hand. <laughs> what's the deal? I work my butt off. Because if a couple of us men were together, we would say to each other, I don't know what her problem is. I work my butt off. And the other one would say, yeah, what's her problem? My wife's that way too. We work our butts off. But you're, but you're not there. Now, the flip is not good either. I don't know if you've realized this, if you've been married a long enough time, you act and you talk like you want him home all the time and they're with you. You really don't, trust me. But you, you talk and you act like you do. But some, you know, and, and with the two income families, I know the, the design is way different, but there's gotta be communication and connection in order for this to flow together and for love to be communicated to one another. So in order to find that out, you have to ask each other, And you have to talk to each other and say how am i doing loving you how am i doing respecting you this is a tough one my wife when this first came on the scene she says you know explain to me how i'm not respecting you explain to me how i can respect you and so the only way we can do it is that when i felt disrespected by her i would say to her that felt disrespectful And for when she felt not loved by me or unloved by me, that she would say to me, that felt unloving and see those feelings usually come when you go in the opposite direction it's easier to explain to somebody disrespect than it is to explain respect those are subtle things they happen in phrases they happen in attitudes they happen in resistances and yieldings they happen in a lot of different ways and so the best way for you to find that out is to open up communication with each other and then as we learned as we walked through it i would say that felt disrespectful to me and then we'd go back to the intentions well i didn't mean to disrespect you in that and so then if you left it at that she could dismiss that oh that's just your problem not mine but if she was a a a wife which she is that wants to make connections she would say well okay well there's another thing i gotta learn that now too i'd say well welcome to the club Because that's what it's been like learning how to love. Not not that my wife is hard to love, but I'm a dumb man and I need to learn a new dialect and a new language to find out how to love. Now, some of you guys, you've got it nailed down. You do a great job. Your wife will tell you that and you're a a good example to all of us. But some of us men, we're we're slow to learn. And some of you ladies, you're doing a great job towards your husbands and your husbands would, would testify to that. But some of you, you've been focused on how your language is and how it's, your needs aren't being met, and you got to find a new way. Here's a professional tip from a professional. <laughs> Ladies, if you want to engage in a good conversation for a long time, which has to happen in order to hammer out some of these things that have been ingrained and in-depth, go on a long driving trip with your husband a long driving trip long driving trips have improved marriages the world over the ones that don't end up in divorce because of the long driving trip the long driving trip here's why there's two things that happen on a long driving trip and I know that that there's a lot of variations on who drives and who doesn't drive but with me and Deb on a long driving trip I'm driving so I have to stay awake that's that's awesome point number one So I have to be in a position where I'm going to stay awake and listen and not fall asleep in bed. But here's another thing. This is a real subtle thing. And you maybe know this, but maybe there are those, those here that don't. Is that you're side by side. This is very important. You ladies, when you get together, you are nose to nose. You are talking to each other you're making connection with your eyes and your body language typically i know there's some here saying that's not me that's fine you be you but typically women make connection they're about connection and so face to face nose to nose words to words eyes to eyes looking each other in the eye maybe uh, seated where they can look across the table at each other and all of that you know what happens when a man is confronted that way with a man he gets ready to fight. <laughs> men aren't fond of nose-to-nose, face-to-face, eye-to-eye. Not that there's anything you would, you would recognize or you would know that, but, but men do really good side-by-side. They do really good without eye contact. I mean, I'm talking about the long conversation. So you get on a, a driving trip with your husband, and all bets are off i mean when you go on a long driving unless you say we're not going to talk about that anymore that's too uncomfortable that kind of shuts it down but you're in a setting where you can get into it and mix it up and start talking get get beyond that go to our corners and let's just forget it it's too hard get beyond it to where Okay, what do you mean by that? Oh, oh, this is what I mean. Well, what about this? Because those are the conversations it takes for you to really learn communication in communication with each other, whether you're making contact with your spouse's heart or whether you're missing contact with your spouse's heart. I mean, there's all kinds of variations in here. Um, 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 this may not apply to many of you, but if you're having a hard time and you're having difficulty getting a breakthrough, then give it a try. Give it a try. Men when they're on hunting trips, they're in the duck blind side by side, or they're 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 not eyeball to eyeball. That's fighting position for men. Somebody comes at me and I'm not a fighter, I'm a fleer. I'll flee, but then I'll turn around in a while and come back and fight if they want. But this come at me, bro, that's not comfortable for me. Or men, typically. It's either fight or flee. So get, get, get some kind of side-by-side situation and in, in, in a place where he can't run away, and you can talk those things out. You can figure those things out. All the effort of a good relationship is worth it. God has more in mind than just your moment-by-moment happiness. He has in mind that he's going to display himself through your marriage. He has in mind that he's going to give you happiness. He's going to give you joy. Maybe not the happiness and joy you fantasized about as a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old or whenever, whenever you got married, but he wants to give you a deep, Connective relationship with that person that you decided you wanted to say yes to for that final relationship throw up slide number seven whatever that is acts of love without heart leads to disconnect and maybe that's where somebody here is today maybe in your relationship because of the busyness of life because of the difficulties you've faced because you've just been going at it with your love languages not making connection with you not understanding ladies respect men with you not understanding love because they're different dialects than what you speak today can be a new start for you So, going back to two important points, point number one, this is what I want to leave you with this morning. If you want to take your marriage to another level, ask your spouse. In fact, today, sometime, I don't want you, I don't, maybe you can do it quietly here, I don't know. Ask your spouse, how am I doing? And let that be a beginning of a conversation between the two of you of how you can make better connection. I mean your your marriage might be a 9 and and out of 10 and that'd be fantastic but maybe you could take it to a 10. Your marriage might be a negative 2 today <clears throat> but maybe through that question you can take it to a a 1 and then to a 3 and then to a 5 and move up that way. And as you engage with each other and talk about that, of how you can speak their love language, whatever that is, that's a thing to talk about. What is your love language? Ladies, this might be an eye-opener for you to ask your husband, do you feel respected by me? It occurred to me one day that love without respect To a man this is just my thought this isn't scripture but this was my thought if i had love without respect it occurred to me that that's why some husbands call their wives not just as a pet name not just a love name but why they say to their wives you're not my mother And where we start on this journey is when we have the courage to turn and and face our wives or face our husbands and say, husbands, say to your wife, do you feel loved by me? And for you wives to say to your husbands, do I respect you? Do you feel respected by me? Bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, in this place, I'm thankful for the couples in our church. I'm thankful for those who have said yes to each other and, and are different years and at different places in their marriage. But I pray today, I know I threw out a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts, but Holy Spirit, would you take the ones that apply to each person and just settle it in their heart that it'll take root and that those roots, although maybe in the immediate, will Result in an argument or a fight will ultimately end up in success, in connection, and communication. I ask that in Jesus' name, Father, I bless those who are in this place, the the the, the single men and women in this place, that these things would settle in, and that they would practice these things as they as they uh, pursue a mate, or as they pursue you and let you bring a mate to them. Father, let this be foremost in their thinking in relationship with the opposite sex, that there's a communication gap that needs to be bridged and that these, these elements can help us. Thank you, Father, for relationship. Lord, I also pray that in this room, every person here who is pursuing a relationship with you will consider and think about the same kind of effort in communicating love to you. And Lord, that you would give us an ear to your love language as you lead us and as you guide us so that our faith may be built so that an unbreakable bond could be made between you and us. Help us, Lord, to improve our relationship with you in that way keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed Uh, prayer team come right up right now position yourselves across the front don't hesitate right now there are people that are going to be up front here that have been trained to stand with you in faith they'll just pray with you whatever prayer request you have financial physical whatever it is they'll pray with you and agree together with you for the for that thing in heaven so after i dismiss if there are those of you who want to pray with someone or have someone pray with you please come right up even as people leave and they'll take time with you please stand to your feet heavenly father i thank you for those who are here today who are here by your arrangement your orchestration no one's here by chance thank you lord that you've ministered to each one something challenging something of a blessing something of your kingdom moving forward and I pray lord that you'll keep us this week keep us in your power keep us in your strength heavenly father if there's anybody in this room who's never prayed and said father I know I'm a sinner And I confess my sin to you. And I surrender to you. I accept the death of your son Jesus in my place. And I want to be saved from my sin. Saved from the penalty of sin. And I want to be walking...